Okay, here we are. Uh, I always start with here we are, which is weird. Uh, but uh, this is the Comedy's Best Kept Secret Tour podcast. I'm here with Quinn Patterson. Hey. Thank you for uh, taking the time. Thank you for having me. Uh, we've, been, we've been all weekend at the Funny Bone in Albany, uh, which has been, it's actually been a great, been a great weekend. I think it has. Some packed shows. I think it's a good lineup. Absolutely. Everybody me, you, and Rich Voss. Yep. I think it gives the audience a lot, a lot to, uh, uh, to see because we're, you know, we're all doing different stuff. We're all doing our own thing. Um, very funny show. So uh, what else is going on? So you're from Cleveland. I don't know anything. Give me your yeah, whole backstory. I, I'm from uh, <laughs> Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, I've been doing comedy for about 12 years. Yeah. Um, I've done. Uh, I did uh, three years of uh, improvisational theater. I was with the Second City. Oh no shit. Yeah. Up in with, Chicago or? Well, it was actually um, they built the theater in Cleveland. No shit. Yeah. So I was there for. Um, I did two years on the main stage. Um, I did study. Um, in Cleveland, and um, we actually got to go to Chicago for yeah. a week, and I was an uh, understudy for Keegan. For from Key and Pill, yeah, yeah, Keegan Michael Key, no for, shit, for a week. Oh it was shit, how was that? It was, it was great, man. The dude was fantastic, yeah. very smart. Yeah, made me feel like, why am I here right. after seeing this guy? Oh no shit. Well, yeah. that just makes you want to work harder, though, no? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But it was, it's just one of those situations where you're like, man, this dude. I I remember when we. Um, we actually got to go to the show and watch mm-hmm. him perform. And I just couldn't take my eyes off of him. Yeah. Man. He was just bigger than life. And I said, that guy right there, man, yeah. he's going he's gonna to do it. He hadn't made it yet. He hadn't, not with uh, Mad TV no and shit. all the other things that he was doing. Yeah, man. no shit. Um, he was just phenomenal, man. And it was wow. just a great pleasure to work under him for that week. Yeah. And uh, he taught me a lot, man. And wow. It was cool. How many have there been? Sorry, sorry to cut you off. Is yeah. there has there been other guys that you've had in your career where uh, where they were they were nobodies yet, and you were like, he's gonna be something. Uh, I'd say Keegan's probably the biggest. Yeah, yeah, the biggest. That's one, huge. Man. That's funny. That's 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 almost the premise of that uh, Mike Birbiglia movie. Yeah, he was in that improv troupe, and they were like, he's gonna do it. <laughs> he's gonna yeah. do it one day, and then he gets you know whatever the equivalent Absolutely. of like a Saturday Night Live. That's hilarious. You were like in that group. That's funny. Yeah, I'm an alumni of the Second City. Yeah, man. that's it's, crazy. It's crazy because um, I didn't know anything about Second City. Yeah. All I know is that I had a bunch of friends that was uh, comics saying, "Hey, Second City's coming. Second City's yeah. coming." Yeah. Freaking thinking, out. Like, what is Second City? Yeah, sometimes you gotta you gotta get your Googles. You gotta oh, catch man, up. Oh man, I went and bought books <laughs> yeah. and started reading up no on shit. this stuff. And I actually saved enough money to be able to take class. Yeah. Still not knowing what improv is about. Right, right, right. But I said, I'm going to take this money. I'm invested in myself for something positive. For sure. I could have took that money and did anything. Yeah. And I started taking the classes. And um, I ended up getting with a core group that would um, elevate at the same time. Yeah. We, we would keep going to the next level. And we all said to ourselves, after we had formed that strong bond, that we're all going to audition when auditions come up. Because my thing was, I just wanted to complete it get a certificate yeah. and say, hey, yeah. I completed Second City. Mm-hmm. But with us making that pact that we were all audition, yeah. we did. And um, I actually got chosen for the no main shit. stage. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. unbelievable, man. And, and we wait, wait what happened to the rest of the crew? Uh, a lot of them are um, still doing their own thing. Yeah. Some of them were stand-ups. Uh, some of them were um, like, uh, there's two of them um, that's in Chicago, still with the Second no City. No shit. Um, one of them uh, is back home in um, in Canada, Toronto. She's from Toronto, so okay. she went back home. But yeah, it was just, it was just, it was a great time in my life. Um, and then after that, that's when I decided. Um, after my contract ended, I decided to go back into stand up. Yeah. And I felt like Second City served my purpose because I'm, 
I feel like I'm pretty quick on my feet yeah. now. I'm able to interact with the crowd with yeah, yeah, no yeah. hesitation and so it was cool. It man. just puts you it puts you, I don't know, it puts you mentally in like another box, right? So I, improv has become over the years especially stand-ups get you know get kind of heated about improv and they try to like they try to pin them against each other. It's gotten um commodified in the last couple of years where some of the places some of the cities they only care about they just want you to get the classes they don't care what happens out of it but improv at its purest and improv at its best yeah. is so funny Su such rich humor i i went to chicago and i went to a place called improv olympic it's over by wrigley field I know this is like i was like 20 years old okay. you know and i and i had been watching this is stupid but i'd been watching like whose line is it anyway stuff i hadn't I hadn't even decided that I wanted to do comedy yet, actually, because this is freshman year of college, and uh, and we go and we go to the show, and I still remember, jo like just jokes, just like one-off jokes that happened in that show mm -hmm. that just filled that room. I mean, improv is is that's really the, it's the best because that's one of the art forms where the crowd tells you where where they want yeah, you to go. Yeah. Cause you're asking them for and they give you the respect absolutely to pay attention and to be like oh he came up with this on his yeah like yeah. with stand up even even if you even if you're riffing and you're messing with the crowd i feel like a lot of times they don't they don't really think they think oh he wrote this like it's and there's like i've talked to people that are like ah stand up for me is weird because i just i know that he memorized that right which is uh you know obviously and that's why i try to um you know i don't do it all the time but i try to pick somebody out just to mess with with in a respectful way yeah, yeah, but yeah. like um our friday night show a lady was just right. blatantly texting and i'm just like <laughs> right. come on man it's one thing if you're in the back of the room i don't yeah. but if you're right up the front, front right because you're just saying basically uh, i don't know about this guy yeah, yeah, and i'm yeah. like well give me a chance or well i honestly i think what it is is now we're all conditioned right it, to to sit there and, and we're watching TV, we're listening to the radio, somebody's talking Absolutely. to us, we're eating the paper, we're eating the TV dinner, and we're texting all at the same time, and we think our brain can do it. You know? Right. We're in the car, we're texting, we're watching. That is true. Watching, and I, which, which is, I feel, is golden for us, because I'm live. Yeah. I can come at yeah. you. You yeah. know, not, like I say, not in a disrespect for matter, yeah. but... You know, I'm, I'm going to check you back in with people now, like yeah. a little bit, because they, 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 like, they don't realize. I, I've, I've heard more and more comedians say to the audience, like, hey, this is, I, can, I can see you and I can hear you. This right. is a live show. This Absolutely. is not your TV. Uh, so get involved and get and pay attention. I mean, yeah, the, the, the live element is the whole thing that we're going for as stand-ups. Like, that's our whole, that's, that's the drug. That's the, yes, sir. That's, that's the, the tap in the vein right part. Yeah, Absolutely. That's the live part. And, and being able to create a living organism of a show that night for those people absolutely because um, that's what it's about you know people ask me what what are you in this for is it the money yeah. is it the fame uh when i was younger absolutely yeah because i didn't know i had no structure of what comedy was yeah. about yeah. but then as you grow that's about them people man. yeah because money money can go quick yeah but when you come have people come out and say hey i'm i'm glad you uh came because something tragic just happened in my life yeah. and i needed this for yeah. that moment man when you get that that's better than any amount of money for me personally yeah. any amount of money in the world yeah and it feels so fucking good to Absolutely. make a room full of people have a good time and you know you have that control and even and even in whatever climate and we're in a weird climate now politically when we're a climate with people uh going head to head on on issues and and, and not listening to each other and not taking into consideration the other side, but we still get people in a room. Doesn't matter where we are in the country, absolutely. And we can make these motherfuckers laugh. Oh man, it's the greatest feeling. It greatest really is, feeling. and I, you can't and you can't compare it. It's like 
you know, people always try to figure out uh, what the what the what the thing of it is. And the hardest part of our day usually is that is like the seven hours before we get on stage. Oh man, because we're just like, I want to get on stage. That lead up to yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I heard uh, this this was this was one of my favorites. So do you want do you listen to comedians of cars or do you see comedians of cars getting coffee I have with not, the Seinfeld? Not, I, I've seen it like couple episodes yeah. so so i you know I, I watch the shit out of this it's, i mean it's great and it's i don't know how i don't know how regular people like it or whatever but it's, it's a lot of in crowd because comedians are talking about being funny and how they and how they handle life and whatnot which is interesting to me but one of the one of the greatest ones was uh, um and of course i'm gonna blank on his name now that i'm now that i'm halfway into the of course you are <laughs> um uh, uh but we trevor hear noah this. yeah okay. trevor noah uh, he's getting interviewed by Jerry Seinfeld right after he got the job. Okay. He, he he the show hadn't even started yet, and so he's Jerry asks him what is, what is your normal day like, uh-huh. and Trevor goes, well I wake up at six p.m. Uh, and then I and I have a show. I have an hour show, and I so I get up at six p.m. Take a shower, go to the show. He's on stage by seven p.m. Does an hour on stage, gets off stage at eight, goes down to the comedy cellar, hangs out with comics, gets up a couple more times, hangs out with comedians doing spots around the city, hangs out with comedians till like two, three in the morning. He's on his way home, goes to the grocery store, gets home, goes to bed around eleven a.m. That was his schedule. That's his schedule. To wow. wake up and then one hour later be on stage. I was like, this fucking guy figured it out. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. To do that. Now, I don't ever want to miss that much sunlight. I can't right. handle that. <laughs> I don't know how it would handle me, you know, how it would handle that uh, mentally. But the fact that he wakes up, gets a meeting on stage, I was like, God damn it, I wish I had that uh, life. Yeah, if I had it like that. I would like to at least try it. Right. I don't yeah, know if I could put it in my routine, but. Yeah, because all I do now is wait, is, is wait around. I wait around to get on stage. It's the best part of the day, and it's the end. Yeah. And then when you get off stage, you got all this, you got all this energy, you feel great. Absolutely. And you got, you know, you got to find some constructive place to put it. And for us, a lot of times there's nothing open. You can't even go to a restaurant. You can't go to a gym. You can't go anywhere. Shit is just done. Yeah. Come back to the hotel. Turn on the TV. Right. (laughs) And just have that, just have that sad moment in the hotel by yourself. Because you're like, what the hell, man? I'm supposed to be having, you know, I always want to bring, I want to bring the goddamn crowd into Into the, the (laughs) into my room. That's what I want to do. Yeah. And just keep hanging out and keep partying. Steve Martin used to do that. He used to have an after party. He would, he would buy, he would, he would sell out Madison Square Garden. And then he would like buy out some other banquet room. And he'd be like, you guys come if you want. I got this after party, whatever. And he would buy pizza and drinks, all this shit. Just so he can hang out with the people after the show because that's feeling. what i was getting at that it's about the people you yeah. know the money i i would never forget a comedian on uh, mike epps i don't know if it's his quote but he said man if you good the money will come yeah and i agree with that yeah and so i just focus my attention on just trying to get better yep. as a comedian because i never want to get an opportunity and not be ready or prepared the, uh, now that scares me, you know yeah now that i'm finally in a position where uh i, I i'm you know it as a comedian, it's always building. You're building, you're building, you're building. You're getting better every day. And you got to get to a point at some point where you feel confident and comfortable. Now I'm at the situation where I'll go to another city. If I have an off day, I'll go and I'll go on at an open mic, mm-hmm. not expecting anything, whatever, whatever. And I'll know that I had a good set when I got guy, local guys coming up to me and be like, yo, I got this show on Wednesday. Do you want to come out and do this show? Yeah, awesome. And, yeah. and that, I mean, that speaks to the same thing. When you're doing well on stage, people approach you and people there's always somebody in the crowd that has another show right there's always people in the room that wants you to to go and do something with them or for you you know you're only in town for the three days when you when you travel and you're doing funny they buy your t-shirt and they take yes. you home yeah with them and they want to you know yeah. it's not me begging or yeah. asking it's like yeah yeah so definitely man it's just the the, the memories of the people that you meet through i still have yeah. people that are every now and then shout out to oh, me yeah. on facebook or 
you know, as a matter of fact, uh, just this past week, and I got an email. And yeah. I don't even know how the lady got my email. Right. But she went on my website, and she sees that I'm going to be on the Region Cruise Line. And she says she wants to take her husband on his 40th birthday on that cruise line yeah. just so they can just see cause me. You're, just because you're on there. Absolutely fantastic. That's amazing. Man. And that's There's, that's there's a jacuzzi, can... there's a spiral slide, there's all this stuff, but he's coming for you. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, you know? <laughs> so it's like, you know, that just made my day. Because yeah. that's something that I could take with me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And. Yeah, just, those emails. I cherish those little emails. I get, I get, I get an email say we had such a great time. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You know, we we predict we predict success for you in this business. Yeah. It just feels good. You know, if they only um, knew when the curtains drop now. <laughs> right, right. That we're that we're on a that we're on an uncovered table in a in a in a, uh, in, a in a Hampton Inn in 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 Albany. Uh, yeah. So, but man, this is uh. So so what drew, so you were doing stand up before you were doing the improv thing. What drew you to this thing? To the stand-up? To stand-up. What drew you to comedy um, in the first Man, place? it was crazy. I was involved in a real bad car accident, Fuck. and I was laid up for a while. And with me being laid up, I still read the newspaper just yeah. to kind of, you know, keep up with the current so events. So what were you doing for uh, I was a, I was um, a clothing manager. I was no a shit. manager at a clothing store. No shit. Yeah. And um, I got in this accident, so I got laid up. Um, couldn't do nothing for, like, uh, three to six months, you know? No shit. And so I was reading in the paper that they were having auditions. At a comic, the local yeah. comedy club in Cleveland, and I always thought I was funny. Uh, basically, watching other comedians, like, oh, I could do that. Yeah, you know, yeah, the yeah, typical. Yeah. It's weird. It's funny because something about, I mean, society tells you when you're funny, society lets you know because it's like you you don't know in your heart that you're funny. It's because right. you're in a room of people and right. it, and there's this reaction happening, and there's just something chemical about every. And I, you know, I, I love watching people that just get like the littlest laughs and like yeah. the little groups. The love for for that, just when you get that laugh, it feels so good. It's great. Even as a civilian, as a guy walking down the street, doesn't matter when somebody laughs at the thing that you said. It's man. great, man. It's, yeah. it's medication, yeah. man. Yeah. Because they love it too. Yeah. You know. So you were always a funny dude. You I knew thought, it. I, I won't say that I was always funny, um, I, but I thought I was. Yeah. And so with me reading that, I went down. To the local club and did audition, which was weird because you don't need three people. Yeah, watching us. Okay, so right, it wasn't right. Like a pan, you right. know. Just and you things. hadn't, and you had never done stand up. Never done it before no in my shit. life. And so I you went don't even down. Know, you don't. It's not even tested material. You don't know. You nothing. I didn't even know the structure. Yeah. I didn't know nothing about no timing, shit. delivery, anything. Balls on and this I guy. And I went down there and did it and. They didn't say nothing. Right. They just said, "All right, thanks for coming out, guys." <laughs> didn't so laugh. Now nothing, the just competitiveness got in me. It was yeah. like, "Oh, I'm coming back next week." <laughs> okay. And so I went and wrote up what I thought was an act. Yeah. And the second time, they said, "We want to offer you to come down and showcase." And when that was said, that's when I got books. I started reading. No shit. Started studying. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's through trial and error, yeah. but that sparked me to really want to do it. The same three judge panel. Yeah. Second time out, offer me a guest spot. That's crazy. So that's great. You're an academic on all the things. You 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 want to learn about a thing. You'll get the books. You do the thing. You do the work. Study it, man. That's because great. I think the more you know, I always I always compare comedy to sports, and my sure. favorite is basketball. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, Michael Jordan, arguably the greatest basketball player to ever play the game. Yeah. You would think this dude don't have to practice. This right. dude don't have to study film. Right. He's the greatest. Right. But they say he did it harder. Mm -hmm. In practice, mm -hmm. than he did in the game. Yeah. So what in the world makes me think? Right, right. That right. I don't have to sit down right. and study. Gotta shoot and the fucking free throws, man. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember. Uh, 
I can't remember who this story is about, and it's it's a travesty when when I have one of these stories in my head, and I can't remember who the who who the person. I think it's Kobe, but it's one of these stories where they lose a game, everybody mm-hmm. goes home, he goes to the gym, he get, he gets somebody to let him in the gym, and he shoots 300, 400 shots. He's there a couple That's hours, yeah. yeah, just 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 like as a as a penance to himself yep. for losing the game. And he was just that kind of guy, and it's that kind, and it's that kind of hard work and that devotion. And it's interesting because you do, you see that in this business. You'll see a guy, and you know, I think as comedians, we're quick to judge other comics, and we go, "Oh, that guy." Oh, absolutely. We 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 see their level, and we go, "That's it." Yeah. But then sometimes you'll come back six months later, and you don't even recognize the guy, and you're like, "He's been putting in work, man." Yeah, this guy absolutely, man. Has been putting in work, and that's inspiring. I wish that a lot of comics would take that as inspiration yeah. versus sometimes the negative side it's tough of it, man you know? and, and we were talking about this last night in the green room every little environment in comedy kind of starts to encourage you to think a certain way so when you're when you, you know I, i'm in new york and there's a bunch of groups and i don't necessarily fit in with a lot of the groups right. i'm not in those groups so what happens is the groups start you know becoming this kind of thing and then you you start to get discouraged because you're not in that group and you right. want to figure out that thing right or you go and you do the the comedy club circuit and then what happens is they bring three guys we didn't know each other Bring three guys in that don't know each other, mm-hmm. and then we we end up in the situation where we feel like, you know, a lot of times comedians will feel competitive. They feel like they Absolutely. want they want to be better than the guy before him or after, and that's never Absolutely. been what comedy's been about. But I, I I beg to differ with that. Okay, I think that is what it's about. Long as it's a healthy sure. inner competitiveness within yourself. Yeah. When you spew it out negatively, negatively, I don't think that that's yeah. the way to go. But I am competing yeah. with you guys because I want to be as good as you, if not better. Right. I want to be as good as Rick Voss, if not better. I'm with but that. But not in a negative aspect. Yeah. It's just when they come out of there, I we liked you too. Yeah, right. If right. I can get that, I'm fine. Not I liked you better. Right. Because I hate that. Yeah, yeah, And I always yeah. tell comics, I see some of the younger comics, I say, when somebody comes to me and say, you should have been the headliner, don't feed into that. You're right. Just say, hey, comedy is subjective. Yeah. You like me a little better than him, but he's funny too. Yeah. You know, and I think that there are stages of this business that you go through because I was that guy at yeah, one yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can't act like I was just holier than thou. Right. You know, but you go through those phases. But the thing that I could appreciate is that I was able to evolve from those stages right. to be comfortable with who I am now. Sure. Yeah. But I am competitive. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to go out there and be the best. Yeah. That I can be though. I guess see, I guess I have that. Here's what here's what happens to me. When I when mm-hmm. I see a guy uh and he start and he sets up a premise that's like perfect, mm-hmm. I go, damn it. Why didn't I think of that? Damn it. You know, but and you're proud of him for having that joke and But you that go, makes you and, go and, back yeah, and then and you go back and I you need go, to go figure go, out. Yeah, what thing what thing should what, what that is to me, that's you studying. Yeah. Not stealing, yeah. studying. Yeah. Like, man, I was slick. I got to come I back. need to be on that level yeah. with that with that. So that's why I concept. say with the competitiveness, yeah. I just think that that's just natural, especially if you want to be what you consider the best yeah. for yourself. Right. Man, I'm competing. Yeah. I watch, I go watch, I watch Pryor, I watch Carlin, I watch the Blue Collar County. Yeah. I watch all of these guys because there's something about them to have they made elevated it. Yeah, to where it. they right. are. Right. There's something. Right. Even comics that I may not like their style that much. Yeah. Or their, but no. How did they get this? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there is, and there really is, there is a genius to to all these people that, are, that, have, that have gotten to the top and figured out what their brand Even is. Even the ones that, that you thing. probably don't like as much now. Right. Andrew Dice Clay. But at one time, right. 
Well, dude, uh, what's, Dane Cook what's, at one time. What's hilarious about Andrew Dice Clay? Because he's got that new show. I mean, the guy's a legend. He's got that new show. So I was, at, I was in L.A. I was at the Comedy Store, mm-hmm. and you can feel it when something's going on, right? Uh-huh. When you're in that kind of environment, especially because like that environment is the same kind of thing where it's comics hanging out in the back, and it's all about that. That's where they go to hang out. And there was just kind of like this rumble in the building, and I was like, "What's going on?" And then I go, "They got four showrooms, right?" So I'm popping around the showroom trying to figure out what the deal is. And then I go in, and Andrew Dice Clay walked in, and they just gave him the stage. So he did like four. Minutes just as a pop in, and just the vibe of him being in the room, man. There. People, people were freaking out. There's cool, something great man. about that. There's something great. There's something great about that. That getting to that level where comedians are, are almost on this sort of rock star level, because uh, it. You know, I think we've had that heyday in the past, and I think we lost it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So to so to know that that exists, to know that like when Dave Chappelle or Kevin Hart go to the Comedy Come Cellar in New York, that you're gonna hear about it. There's something Absolutely. fantastic about Isn't that, man. That great? It's, you know, I see because that's our profession, man. Yeah. We we love it. You and know people look I mean? at these people, at, you know, as and the weird thing is, is is the level of success that comedians get to compared to other things, you know, movie stars, uh, um, you know, uh, professional athletes, athletes whatever. From, from a monetary standpoint, maybe we're not on the level. Some some guys have gotten there, uh, but it's it's few and far in between. But but to know that these guys get looked at like you know like like heroes like Absolutely. Aristotle. Yeah. From strangers walking in and that, that, that sells tickets. There's just something great about that. You know? I think it's awesome, man. Or and philosophers. And even with them getting to that level, you know, I've gotten to the point of what is it that I want out of kind? Yeah. Because it ain't even the fame for me anymore yeah. or the money. Now, don't get me wrong. I always clarify. I do want to get paid for my service. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? But, I, you know, I just, I my dream is just to do the comedy shows that I want to do. Yeah. Whether it's maybe one week on a cruise ship, one week in a theater, yeah, one week at a comedy club, one week at a UAW, one yeah. week at a VFW, right? What I, I just right. want to, you know, I just want to work, man. I'm fine. I'm finding to the point where my grind, my hard work, has put me in a position where, uh, like somebody will call me back. My like my my buddy called me last uh, last year. He's like, hey man, I'm getting married in Portland. I want you to be there. I said, great, I'll be there. First thing I did was start booking gigs around. The wedding. So right. I was like, I'm going out to Portland. I'm going to be out there. I'm not just going to go out there. Thing. I'm going to go out there and do what I love. Absolutely. And so I, I hit five shows, mm-hmm. went to the wedding, you know, and then did two more and then went home. Look at so, that hustle. So there's just something just about hustle, being like, it's like, what? It's like, I've never been to Oklahoma City. Let's go to Oklahoma City. So two years ago, I put Oklahoma City on the tour, mm-hmm. found a venue, rocked a show. I've been there now three other times cause, just because of comedy. That's awesome. There's just man. something good. There's and see, t- and that's, that's positive for me because listening to you do that because i i should do more of that but yeah. i don't you know what i mean um because i get so sometimes discouraged because eh, we don't know who this dude is right and you get so tired it's of sca- like well, well every do this. every day you get older it, it get, like life gets a little scarier yeah so coming outside of your box is like is is a scarier and scarier thing yeah so i'm i'm even in the position now in my life where i where i have tried true and tested things uh, like let's say the Hoboken Comedy Festival, but every year it gets a little scarier to put on because I don't know. There's like changes in the town, and there's different venues and things like that. So the things that I that I had I've been taking for granted for the last it's been, it's been a festival we're going for eight years. I've been taking for granted for eight years. Of course I'm going to do it. Then I get to a, a mark and like I get a little scared because like it, maybe it, this year it just doesn't work. Right. But you got to put that away and you got to just go, man. Got to go for it. Yeah, man. It's, it's like what's the worst thing? Like a lot of times the worst thing that can happen. Uh, when I go to a city I've never been to is I donate 20 tickets to veterans and, you know, three paid people showed up. But, I still, you know, even the worst thing that could happen is like eight people show up. Absolutely. 
or nobody shows or up, nobody. and then you just do it for you know. It's like, what did you really lose? Right. You didn't lose anything, you know. Because you're still doing what you love to do. You're still man. doing what you love to do, Absolutely. and then and and the probability that nobody shows up if you did your hard work is pretty low. A couple yeah, people some, will be there. Somebody coming, <laughs> right? Somebody will be there, and then if you can do a show for three people and make them laugh, there's just something. Something raw about that, that that only this thing has. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why, you know, it's funny you say that because I always tell comedy, man, it don't matter if it's 200 or two. Just go out there and perform, You got to give it to them. You got to give them exactly the same energy. I can't remember who did that. I can't remember who did that. I can't remember the first person I saw do that. But they came to do some shitty bar show, right? Mm -hmm. And they were a guy who was was doing it, you know, a guy who I I aspire to. We're talking, you know, I'm first in New York. It's 10 years ago. And he walks on stage and he gives them the A shit. It was three people in the room giving the A shit, and they fucking loved it. And mm-hmm. I was like, and I, I mean, it blew my mind to, to just see that and just know, because it's discouraging to look at the room and see fifty empty chairs. Absolutely, but you know? I, I never forget. Um, there's a comedian. Like, uh, he's a uh, used to be on Sanford and Son. He's the uh, who's the the Karate Kid. Who's the master? Um, Miyagi. Miyagi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, Miyagi. Pat Morita. Pat Morita. Yeah, he's a stand-up comic. I've never seen him do stand-up. That's never amazing. Never have I. But him and Red Fox was really good friends. Okay, no shit. And uh, he was telling a story about going out one time, and it was uh, not many people. I can't remember exactly how many, but it wasn't many people at all. Yeah. And he came out, and he said that he just was talking to him. Yeah. You know, just real. Now, he's famous yet, or he's just a random dude nobody knows about? Well, he's just a comic. Yeah. I don't know to what extent, because yeah. I know he was on the, um, Sanford and Son, yeah. but I don't know where his career was at that time. But I didn't even know it was a stand-up right. until, because he was really pretty much talking about Red Fox and yeah. how gracious he was to him. And he said he came out and wasn't many people in the showroom, and he was just kind of talking to him. He was doing his act, but he was just talking to him. And Fred said, the next time you go out, I want you to be loud. I want you to be vocal. I want to do you. didn't understand yeah. because it, he said, because you shortchanged them. You know what I mean? When you're talking your, yeah. as if everybody's in the room, then they feel that comfort. You know yeah. what I mean? Because they're saying, you, basically, what I'm getting out of is that they don't care. He doesn't care. Yeah. He's here to perform. Yeah. And That's I always great. took that into consideration when I, if it's a small crowd, I'm still the same. Yeah. Energy, high energy, vocal. Yeah. Not extremely loud. I but love, see, I love that second. So, so a lot of times we'll do that second show. And sometimes you can't do the second show. When you're when you're in a city, you don't know. You don't, you get a promoter. You're only in town for one night. You do the second show just in case. Right? First show will go good. Second show is a little straggler show sometimes. Yeah. You know, you get the right. 10 o'clock show on a random place that uh, doesn't have a ton of comedy. So it's that second show. But I love that second show because yeah. you got less people and you can lean into them. And, energy, and yeah. because the expectation is so much lower that when you give them that when you give them that real show, there's just something spectacular about it. And then a lot of times, those are the shows that I'll that I'll go a little further with the joke. You know, like you hit that second or third rep that you, you know that you, your body, your muscles are tired, but you, yeah, that second they, third, you, keep, you keep you keep the idea going. You know, Absolutely. and you'll you'll get like five more punchlines out of a joke that you thought was it done because you got this crowd that's just that's r- that loves you, know you and I wants actually, to take the ride with you. See, I go the opposite. Yeah, because everybody said that first show was the hardest. Yeah, and that's the one I attack. Yeah, because they always say. Friday night first show is like horrible. Yeah, that's the one I attack because from a mental standpoint, it's like no, I'm gonna get him. Yeah, I'm gonna get whether yeah. I do or I don't. Yeah. But that mental is like you know, and it's just challenging. You yeah, just, I'm with you. It. Just challenge yourself, man. Yeah, so I always, you know, I always go at that Friday night first show because everybody says the worst show of yeah. the week. I hear something a lot of about saying, yeah, something about that uh, that that Friday. 
I get, but I always heard I always heard Friday late was the worst because they've been because they've been all day like they're like they're like ready to fall asleep. So maybe I got to mix up. I always say I thought it was well good. you but you know you know that when you got a packed house you give them you give them everything you give them all the all the tried and te- tested stuff you give them you give them the uh, the the Muhammad Ali you give right. them everything you give them every move every juke every every fake every punch everything in the playbook you give it all. Um, but yeah, because then because then again when you get that smaller crowd crowd you you think. Well, you know, it's tough. It's tough to go from big crowd to small crowd in your oh, head because yeah. you want to go out on the big one, right? Like, I, like I'll, I'll be, I'll be in other cities, and I, and I, I'm always with these guys who always want to do open mics. It's like, you know, we'll do two hot shows, and then they're like, "Let's go do the open mic," and it's like, I know what that open mic's gonna be like. Right? And they're like, no, <laughs> fuck you, dude. Let's go do the open mic, and you go to the open mic, and you give it hard. Uh, and it's, you know, s- sometimes if you get in the wrong mental space, you can go to the open mic and you know, fuck your head up and you're like, right. oh, I had a great night and then now this last one ruins it, you know? It's like the last bite and it's got a, you know, you got a big pit in your, in your, yeah. Uh, in, yeah. your, in, your in your food. But, um, but yeah, man, I think you gotta attack everyone. And then the guys that I see attack open mics the same way we're talking about too, mm-hmm. especially when they're, when they're strangers, same reaction, man. Even comics, regular people, if you hit that show, like, uh, like there's 150 people there. They, they give you that love back, yeah. It becomes yeah. that appreciation, yeah. like you know, this dude took the time to come this here guy's from working. wherever he's at. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I love talking shop, man. It's my favorite. It's tough because it's like it, it, the comics say it's a lot. It's like there's just there's there's nothing like talking to the comics because it's like I can't talk to my my parents, my, you know, my friends that aren't in comedy about this. Cause they they're not gonna under, they, don't, they don't understand. Don't get, yeah, don't get where we're coming from. You absolutely. Know? I'm at that weird level with my father now. Where where uh, I'm, I'm a grown man. And he's still trying to figure out how to be a father, and I'm just like, just be my friend, man. Yeah, we don't, no doubt. We're not in the same business. You know, we don't. I I appreciate you trying to give me advice, but we don't have anything on the same level that you need. Then I need to hear from him. Like, he wants right. to give me advice about crowds and things like that. And it's just like. Oh, now nah, he because. Yeah. yeah. Just be my boy. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Just be my friend. You know, yeah, we're at absolutely. that. We're, we're both men now. Let's just be there. Let's just be I there. appreciate you coming yeah. to support. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. Let and me I do think, this. <laughs> yeah. I think he's finally trying. I think he's finally getting to that level where. where, uh, where as I think that's the hardest part is trying to figure out how to make our parents be our friends. Absolutely. And for them to figure out how to stop being parents, you yeah. know? And because, you know, because they. It's like. Because I feel like that's the next level. I don't know. That's the that's the the final the final level, the final boss. You know, in a in a video game is when you get to that place where you raised your child right, right, and now they're now they're a grown, capable adult who can take care of themselves. You gotta let them fly. And then you just now you can just be friends. Yeah, yeah. it's like yeah, but that's I think you actually you said you you said it exactly perfect. You yeah. let them fly. You throw them in the air, and you let them fly. And now you just go. birds together. Yeah, ain't gotta spit into my mouth anymore. Just let me, <laughs> let me be a bird, man. Right on. I'm gonna block me from uh, chipmunks coming and eating my face anymore. <laughs> it's done. Let me fly. No doubt. Are you there? Where were you with your folks? Your folks? Are you, uh, Cleveland. Yeah, everybody's still. I don't know my dad. No. Nope. So I put that in my jokes. Yeah. You know. Um. Yeah, but mom's uh in Cleveland. Yeah. So. And where are you with her? Are you guys are you guys best friends? Or are you? Nah, we're cool. Um. You know, my aunt. I have an aunt that really pretty much raised me. Yeah. And she took me on in a. A tough time in my life sure. when I was rebellious, thought I knew it all. Yeah. So she kind of, you know, took a hold of me. But she's very supportive of the comedy, um, very encouraging. And, um, you know, because growing up, you know, in school, like I said, after high school, that was it for me. I couldn't. No shit. I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. And, uh, you know, everybody thought, ah, oh, you going to do this comedy. It's funny how you ever have friends like, man, you've been doing this for a while. You still going to? I can get you a job at Ford. Or right. I can get you. I'm I like, <laughs> dude, I don't care how much money. 
yeah. they pay you. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not leaving this career, man. I'm yeah. fighting to the end. I had a. I had a girlfriend who and I and I was already and I was starting to make it on the level of success that I want to be at. I'm supporting myself with comedy, whole thing. And she was um, she was doing like recruiting or something um, like headhunting. Mm-hmm. And then she told me about this job at like Chase Bank around the corner. And I was like, oh, that's that's cool, whatever, whatever. I was like, I'll see if I uh, if I know anybody who cool who's who be who be right for it. Right. And she was like, no, I was thinking like that you would look <laughs> at it. And I was like, hey, I. I I don't. I don't want to be disrespectful, but don't don't ever yeah. say that to me again. <laughs> like right. that's not that's not at all uh, <laughs> right. where I'm trying it's to. Not be. an option. Because I got you know because I've been in that situation you know where I was trying to do the nine to five and do the comedy and do the whole thing. When I first got to New York, man, I was hustling. I was I was working at a coffee shop at like five a.m. Mm-hmm. Then I go off to a nine to five job, and then at, and then I would do comedy in the middle of that, mm-hmm. and then after that I go promote clubs. Right. So I didn't even program in sleeping. I was like sleeping at three o'clock in the office when when my boss would go do her do her errands. Right. I pass out in my chair. Um, you know, all that just, just to make comedy work, you know, so it's like, and it's like, and I've tried it and I tried every, every version of every job to have that and do comedy, uh, cause comedy was always the priority. Uh, and it doesn't matter, you know, even in your head, if you think you can, if you can work the, the, you know, the nine to five or the right. 10 to six or whatever, and still get out into comedy, I mean, the emotional toll that's getting taken away of doing something that you don't love every day right. is enough to just drain it is. The, it, the enjoyment out of your body. Absolutely. But it, and it's funny for me, um, I, I work at Dick Sporting Goods and I've been there for, um, almost 14 years yeah. and I actually like it. Yeah. And it's kind of weird to say. But it actually brings me down from the high that I get sure. from being on the road. Yeah. Because when I go to work, hey Quinn. Yeah. Honey Quinn. Yeah. Like I ain't shit to them. Right. You're not. But the, I, oh, that's the guy. Yeah. And I yeah. love it. I love it. But you still, you still get to interact with people. Absolutely. On a level. Yeah. And I think, you know, that kind of interaction, and that's the other thing that I find hard. Once, once you get so removed, when I'm, when I'm out uh, and I'm on the road, and I'm so removed that again, all I have that day is the show. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'll be at a coffee shop, nobody knows I'm a comedian, whatever. But it's just like, even interacting with people becomes like a weird thing because it becomes kind of like a chore. So I so I see where people, comedians, end up in these little, like a lot of times you'll meet a comic and, and like they get off stage and they're like, they're like all curled up and yeah. they're reserved and they don't want to talk to people. Absolutely. Uh, and it's like, I wonder how they write on a daily basis because all of my writing comes from just something that happened in that day. Like I, I get to understand the world when I see two people interact or I interact with person. I understand relationships, the right. world, earth, humans better. Absolutely. So I think working in a place where you actually have to interact with people, watch people try to get away. You know, like you said, you're a manager, right? Yeah. So you no, 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 no. I'm not a manager. No dick sporting goes. I didn't say I was a man. <laughs> nah, nah. But you watch. No, I'm just an associate. But you watch people trying to climb that ladder, yeah. trying to stab each other, stab employees in the back. <laughs> so you learn so much about life in the world. Absolutely. Just from being in that thing, and that's a, and that's a. I mean, I don't, I don't want to take any away, but that, that's a low stress environment. Yeah. Oh yeah. Except when people trying to steal. Yeah. Then it can right. Come intense, but yeah, it is. But it's funny, you know, going back to what you were saying about um, comics in that bubble. Yeah. Kinda, I'm kind of like that too. Yeah, but I play it off well because of the fact that it is for the people. Right. And I, I like to interact with them to a degree. But it's funny when I go to some cities, it's like, hey, where you want to go, Quinn? You want to yeah. go out and party? Then? Yeah, they want to hang out. I want to go to a dive. Yeah. I want to go to a dive yeah. bar to where nobody knows me and nobody gives a shit who right. I am. Right. You got that bartender just say, hey, what do you need? Can I get you something? Right. I love that. Yeah. Man, because 
after hearing people say, oh, you were great, or yeah. shaking hands, or selling T-shirts, and this and that. D- don't get me wrong. I totally appreciate that, and I'm on a on a rush from that. Yep. But then you just kind of want to unwind. You got to unwind. Yeah, you can't, you can't stay at that level. And yeah. this is this is kind of the, the same idea with why uh, I, I try <laughs> my damnedest not to date or mess around with people from the audience because I don't think it's a fair... It's a, I don't think it's a fair level. Like, I, like right. I'm the dude who's, you know, at the coffee shop during the day. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm right. getting almond milk in my coffee, staying at Panera so I can get a second refill. You know what I mean? Like, right. uh, <laughs> that, you know, it's like that's the guy that I want the person to like, not the dude who just got off stage. Right. Like, of course you're gonna like me when I got off stage. Yeah, I'm good at this. Something to, yeah. You absolutely. know what I mean? And I put time and effort in this. You're only seeing a tiny part of my life. Right. Uh, I need you. You know, it's like I need you to have an affection for the rest of me, which isn't uh, which I don't bring on that stage. So there's just something about that. But this is what I. Think did learn and because I, I used to not I don't drink I don't like I don't I really party that much mm-hmm. um, so people, I, I get off stage be like let me buy you a drink whatever I'd be like no but I realized over the last couple of years as, as I watch uh, people interact with with certain comedians and whatnot is buying that drink that's not for me that's for them absolutely they need that minute they need that because something that you did on stage they connected with yes and they and they're just and they grab a hold of you right and they yeah. just need to hold on to you for a second because part of your life and that's what comedy that's what i think that's what drew me to comedy is being a kid hearing somebody say something on that hbo special and you looking around the other room being like how the fuck did he know that that's in my brain <laughs> right you know and and i think that comedians have an ability to do that so when you can connect with somebody like that, yeah, you, taking that minute, and it is, you know, you don't, I mean, you don't gotta follow them home. You don't wanna go three bars no, with these people. No, but when, when, when moment, they buy you that drink, yeah. and you give them that, you know, as long as it takes for you to drink that drink, just to have, just to tell their story. Interact with you, yeah. Absolutely. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. Yeah, nothing yeah, like that's that. it. Yeah, and and that's that's the way I look at it, you know. And sometimes if if I'm already buzzed up, I just yeah. tell them they, you know, I'll ask for like a bourbon, like just put some colored water in. <laughs> right, right. But let them buy, it, you yeah. know. I mean, for the pre, and also look out for the waitstaff too, because yeah. they they tip well. Mm-hmm. They've had such a great time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna get this for them. This is for you. Yeah. So everybody's happy. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So I totally get it. Yeah. Fuck, man. Favorite club? What's your favorite club? If you were, it's if you were tough. To this is what uh, people always ask me, man. They always ask me, "What's your favorite place to perform? What's your favorite club? What's your favorite Give everything?" Give me a top three. It's tough, man. I, I, any, it's, and I don't know if this is like the dude thing in me, but like anywhere that I haven't been to yet is kind of like what I strive for, right? Okay. Like, it's like I just want to be on that stage that they haven't let me on yet. Gotcha. So if I see somebody in in a in a in a position where they've gotten up at a place. Comedians always want to do the thing where they go, who books that? What is not? How do I get on? <laughs> oh, yeah. But for me, it really is. There's just something about, like, I want to get up in every possible situation, every room. I feel, and I talk about this a lot about, I feel like comedians have this disease. Like, uh, I was at an America's Best Value Inn with three comics, and we're having breakfast. Yeah. And it's a room just like this, but it's got a little step stage. That's where they, and that's where they put the breakfast buffet. Got and it. we're looking at this room. And in my hand, I'm, I'm getting rid of the tables and the things, and I'm looking around the room, and I'm going, yo. We could do a show. In there. <laughs> it's just got like a one-inch stage, right? Like, an, right. but for some reason, that's a stage. Yeah, it's no not doubt. even a stage. It's a step. Yeah, and it's like that's, a, that's stage. a stage. Absolutely. We could get on that. So whatever room I haven't done yet, man, there's there's dream places that I want to do. There's a, there's a spot in Hoboken on the pier that I want to do that I, that I've been scoping out for years that I think I can I can section. Now I don't believe in outdoor shows so much because comedy just goes up into the environment. Right. And if a bird lands, somebody nobody's paying attention all of a sudden. But there's one little spot in Hoboken where it's a tight little pier mm-hmm. and there's like kind of like a there's like a little overhead section that's like blocked off from the rain. If I put bleachers in there and a stage here and we 
block it off. And all they and the only thing that they can do is pay attention to this. I think that'd be the perfect spot to do it. Oh, so cool. every every room that I've never played, man, is is the so spot I want to play. Yeah, gotcha. I want to open for I want to open for in, in situations that don't make sense. I saw um uh what's this kid's name, man? Uh, DC Young Fly open for Chris Brown. Okay. And uh, and it's a circular room. It's the Forum in L.A. And uh, and I was like, I was like, how's he gonna do stand up for this kind of crowd, whatever? And he and he catered his act to that crowd, and he, he you know he he did uh, he did sort of like this musical cue thing, and he'd make the comment, you know, he'd bring a song out, he'd be like, this one's for the ladies, and he'd do the whole thing. And watching him just work that work that stage and walk around, he's working a circus, I mean, gigantic stage. He's running from corner to corner, he's dancing, he's taking his shirt off, and it's like every. Every one of those little things that I see where you don't think comedy's gonna work and it does, that's, then it that's works, where I yeah. wanna play, yeah. yeah I mean you know absolutely. but I you know, but dream all time dream would be to to get to the position where I'm playing the cellar and where they appreciate me. I can comedy sit at that cellar. table, play the cellar. That's Because I'm a New York guy, so that's the Yeah, no doubt. That's the sure. dream, that's the place you wanna get to. But uh, I don't know, man. I mean, this is room in this room in Springfield, Missouri that I love. Blue Room Comedy. I was telling you about okay, it. Yeah, I, and yeah, I, and I recommend you to the guy. Blue Room Comedy Club. I, I really like that room. Um, yeah, man. The, I can't think of any the thing because on the reverse, like you always try to think of what the reverse is. I can't think of any room that I'm like, you know what? Nobody should do comedy there. I don't have that. Okay. Uh, so that so ha- coming up with the top three places to perform is. is uh, is uh, I, I draw a blank because I'm yeah. just like everywhere, man. I'll fucking do a show on this table. I'm yeah, fuck. no doubt. I'm the same <laughs> way, you know. I mean, I do have my uh, just uh, given the the shows that I've done. You know, you have memorable uh, shows in uh, different venues. Yeah, like I'm a big Stardome fan. Alabama. Yeah, I love that place. No shit. And what I like about it the most is that it humbled me. Yeah, because when I first went, as big as it was or is. They had the big monitors. They have monitors. Yeah. People far back can see. Okay. And uh, when I first got there, um, the owner, Bruce Bruce Ayers, was like, all right, I'm going to tell you. Uh, it's going to feel like you're not getting any laughs, but you are. So just go through with your act and don't be intimidated. And I'm this cocky little young punk like, man, I got you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and when I went out there. The everything that he yeah. said was yeah. going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Happen- I panicked. So funny. Yeah. And uh, they gave me a light, so I they thought early light. They didn't even give me a light. It was people walking around with the pins, the servers, so, so they funny. could see their yeah their tickets. Yeah, you were like looking for that light. Yeah, I couldn't wait to get out light. of there. That's so funny. But it humbled me. Yeah. And then, the by the end of the week, I got it. Yeah. But then my second time there, because Bill uh, Bruce was gracious enough yeah. to have me back. Yeah. And I've been back ever since. And. The guy who actually took me with him, yep. I didn't have to go on his coattail anymore. Right. Bruce started giving oh, me fantastic, my own. Yeah. So that's like, you know, so it's memorable things yeah. about certain clubs. Not so much the club, yeah. but just the memorable things that I could take away yeah. from. And I just knew I, I got this, man. Yeah. I'm good. My favorite is when, so I get there early a lot. Like, even for these shows, I'm getting here like an hour and a half early, and the staff's looking like, what are you doing, man? Like, I just like to be there early. And so sometimes I'll, I'll get there too early, and I'm looking at the room like, there's no fun. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then it's like, and then all of a sudden it's like uh, twenty minutes before, sh- before showtime. There's nobody there, and you're like, man, there's no way. And then all of a sudden it's five minutes before showtime. And fucking moves, you come back in, the room's packed, and you're like, I don't even know what happened. <laughs> and then, you, and yeah. then you get to, and you get to be in that situation. It's just something great about. Uh, 
and, and it's tough because as comedians, we're very cynical people. We like to, we like to prejudge everything. So oh, like, absolutely. Like this show is not gonna be shit, and then when you get that surprise at the end, and it's yeah, fucking fantastic. Like, yeah. Or you, or you like, you know, I, I hear a lot of comics like, ah, it's the free ticket people. They don't care. But what gives them any less value? Yeah. To somebody that paid, man. Yeah. Just go out there and give yeah. it to them. I try yeah. not to. Cause I, you know, you hear people say, "No, that's an A room, that's a B room, that's a C room." I think all clubs is A room. Yeah, if we, it's got yeah, people in it. Yeah, it's A to me. I agree with that. We try to mitigate everything, right? We try to we try to worry about this and that, and, and that's and that's like that's like protecting ourselves, right? Yeah. Like that's the that's the whole feeling is that like if it doesn't go well, we gotta we gotta have reasons. Oh yeah, it was we, a, gotta, we gotta know why. Well, which brings me to this, right. not to make it controversial. Yeah. But what is an urban room? What is an urban room? Yeah, man, I think that t- that term is getting thrown around a lot. I don't know how to 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 feel about that. There is something that I mean, we all know. There's something about um, grow and and this is what I've kind of this is what I've learned over the years. Just growing up not white, at that I mean, at, at any level is an urban room because everybody like I meet Indian people and they're like, no, 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 you need to be on Indian time. We're gonna get here late. You meet Arab people, no, you need to be on Arab time. We're gonna get here late. Black people, right. we're gonna be here in black time. We're gonna and white people are the only people that show up on time and then are uptight about everything. Every other race, every other non-white race reacts the way a human being should react when they hear something funny. They're fucking kicking over chairs, right. they're high-fiving each other, they're boisterous, they're loud. Something about this. This weird, like, like overt white thing, uh, that that they feel like they're not supposed to react to anything. Get there on time, stare ahead, whatever. So I think more than anything else, uh, an urban room isn't isn't even about that anymore. It's just a weird thing. And I haven't. It's funny because you guys were talking about it. In the yeah, group. and I, I haven't was, heard anybody call it uh, like an urban. I haven't been in the situation where I, people call I've an urban had or a black room in a while. Situations where I hear it and then I call people on it yeah. and then they can't explain it yeah. then it gets uncomfortable then I just leave it alone Yeah, because I don't want to make a big ordeal about it but I would just like to know the, the definition of what you classify yeah. as an urban room yeah. because I do a lot of shows where it's all white and I yeah. never be like oh it's a Caucasian room yeah. you know right. I never so it's I, just I, I yeah, that is that interesting it's, there's no there's nobody, nobody ever calls it a white room they call no. it you, oh, you do an urban it's room it's a show you can do the urban circuit yeah. now th- but we do know that there is that there is something different it, like, if we're calling it the urban circuit and, and that's something that they're call- that people are calling that circuit and what we do know about that is they pay they guaranteed to pay you mm-hmm. work you you do a regular club room a uh, a white room <laughs> If we're gonna call it a weight room, sometimes you're gonna get gypped on your money. You're not gonna get paid. You get paid less, whatever. whatever. Something about any chunk of ethnicity, anybody who who's in that kind of circuit. Uh, I don't know, man. They just know how to take care of people. I don't know. I don't know what it well, is. Well, see, now I I've heard mixed opinions because I've heard people that do the urban rooms where it's like, man, I gotta look for the dude after the show. He be running around. I gotta try to find him. Right. And then I look at the. I guess more organized clubs, which yeah. would be the Improv's Funny Bones. I never have no issues with yeah. being paid or any. So I guess it depends on the venue you are sure. at and who sure. you're dealing with. Yeah. But now I, I haven't, I, you know, I haven't been plugged into what what people are calling uh, the urban circuit um, that much. But what I do know is I I remember getting warnings. The first the first show I ever did <laughs> in in Brooklyn was a place called the Chocolate Monkey, and it was this guy. Um, 
Ray Dijon, and he and he called his room an urban room. And I remember him. I remember him pulling me aside before, because he. Well, I'm Italian, so I've never like nobody's right. ever looked at me and been like, "Oh, it's a white dude." Like right. they've always, they're always been like, "Oh, is he Latin? Is he whatever? Like, yeah. what's his deal?" Uh, so I've kind of, I've been able to not get plugged into a, any stereotypes because okay. nobody knows who the fuck I am. Right. They're like, I'm not sure he could cut me. We don't really, no, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know which one he is. He looks like he belongs here. Right. Um, but I just remember him, like. I don't know, giving me like a like a like a spiel ahead of time about the thing, and I was like, and I, I didn't, I, I don't know what it was, but I didn't, I didn't really give it much peace of mind. I was just because in my head, I'm just like, people's people, funny right. is funny, and that's the end of the deal. The only thing that happens different in in that environment was I came up in sandals, and after I got off stage, they just clowned the shit out of me. Absolutely. They just made fun right. of me because because uh, I was wearing my feet, right. which doesn't necessarily happen. Uh, and I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I guess I don't well, know what the other end is. Is there, is there a I thing called the white room? I've never ever heard it. And yeah. that's what makes me wonder what the urban yeah, room yeah. is. Yeah. And um, you know, it's funny because I just feel like some rooms you just don't go into. I don't yeah. label it. Yeah. But there might be a room that I'm like, nah, that's not for me. Right. But it's not that I can't enjoy the comics that are capable of doing those right, rooms. Right. 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 Because I love comedy. Yeah. But I just feel like you got to figure out what rooms do you feel you're comfortable with comfortable doing yeah you know because all money ain't good money because <laughs> right. you can go in there and get that money and come out of there empty as hell because you don't right. have a shit show right right you know so right. and, and it's to funny think. too because i have some uh i never got was in uh i was in kentucky and uh this white guy came up to me and he was just so proud he was like yeah man i did the urban room man they love me man i was it and then I was just like, well, what's the urban room and why are you so excited about them loving you so yeah, much? Yeah. Were you funny? Yeah, then that's what it should be. Yeah, about. but you know, but you know white people love to have a black friend. I don't know <laughs> what it is. I don't know why it is. I don't know why people get so excited about it. I don't know why and <laughs> well, I Well we're good people, that's and what I want <laughs> but I watch white people uh go up to the black comic whoever you know after the show and they treat him like the black comic and they just they just so they're just so happy when they get that little interaction cuz they live in their little suburb box or whatever and it's just like right. it's a weird thing so some you know sometimes I grew up out here so sometimes you don't get to interact with people of other races I didn't know anybody Jewish until I went to college I didn't right. know uh you know there was there was uh, uh I think six black black kids in my entire high school. You That's know so what I mean? funny like, when you can I name it too. Like six of them. The Grants. I've seen them the all. Grants, Andrew, <laughs> no, and, uh, and, and it's like, you know, and there was no Arab people in my high school. There was no one ever. So it's like, there's just something about being so closed off and I think and there's a guilt now to it so I think people are like on this sort of like high alert what is the guilt there's a high alert because they don't know because they don't feel like they had maybe like like a true or rich experience and they don't really know how to interact around other people it's like and then once you stop thinking about people as people is when we all run into trouble yeah it's all people man well it's so hard with the media nowadays though because the portrayal of one versus the other you know and we gotta go all deep into that but I just feel like there's a negative portrayal of 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 Different groups, yeah. You know what I mean. And, the racial and once you get that, yeah, then it gets ingrained in your mind, and then you are from that suburban area. So all you focusing on is what you see right. here, right? And then everybody becomes that, and right. not. But I sh- I struggle with that too because I say if this is where you're from, and this is all you know, and this is all you watch, I don't know how mad I can be at you, right? You feel me? Because no. that's all you know. I. I get that, but that doesn't mean that when I go down to uh, Alabama that it's going to be cool for somebody to call somebody a racial slur just because that's all they know. Like, I get the ignorance. I get where we're coming from. I get where they're coming from, and then maybe they don't know that there's anything better. But 
at this day and age, if you don't know right from wrong when it comes right. to other people, you're well, deliberately. Condo- you know well, what I mean? You, you, you took it up and nice. No, 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 no I'm, I'm not, not saying condoning. you're saying that, but I'm, you know <laughs> what I mean. But it's like, but that excuse. I feel like you know, I'm worried. I'm worried that we extend that because ignorance is ignorance, and you can't. But if it's something like okay, so I come from all black community. Yep. And now I'm put in a situation with all Caucasians, yep. and I'm not used to it. I'm not. Just hypothetically, you're saying yeah. Hypothetically, yeah. I'm gonna be who I am. Yeah. And the and, and in a way, it did happen to me. I moved to a a, a different county. Yep. From where I was, I didn't know white people, and my uh, elementary, junior high, high school black. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I knew. Yeah. Only black. The only white people I knew was a counselor, maybe sure, a sure, teacher. Sure. So when I moved to this county, and I seen all this intermingling, I'm like, man, what the you know. Because that's I didn't know. Yeah. But then as I stayed there for a while and I started to learn people, then I started to become cool. But I, I say that to say but is accept, that where but they I accepted came, you and then you felt I don't know how much they accepted me. I think I just had to I had to learn. Yeah. You know, and then I never forget there was a job that I wanted so bad and somebody told me they won't hire you because they don't really hire black people. And it I, it became my mission to get a job yeah. in that particular store. Yeah. And I got the job. Yeah. And then I said, Now I gotta be better than them yeah. at selling because it was commission right yeah i became one of the top sellers and then color started to vanish it was yeah. like this dude making me money right and then i started becoming cool with him as best i could yeah. but when i first got there it wasn't happening because i thought i was supposed to be yeah and tough and you know what yeah. i'm saying well so so i just say that to say if you're in an environment for so long and this is all you know yeah. i don't know how much i can fault you now i'm not giving right. you credence to call me names right, right. But if if you don't know, yeah, you know, you give him that learning curve. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So I just, you know, I just get weird, you know, weirded out sometimes because I feel like that with comedy sometimes. Yeah, you know, I I I never get I did a club. I ain't gonna call it out, but and the guy was driving me to the show. And he was like, you know, I like Jimmy Walker. I kind of like his style. He's trying to figure out how to relate to you, and he's just using or yeah. telling me. What not to do oh. without having even seen me perform? Oh. But he's telling me yeah. these are the comics that I like. Yeah. So therefore, if you come with some of this, but not even knowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's just my perception of it. Maybe yeah. that wasn't his intent, but given he was just so high on certain comics. Right, right, right. And I just felt like I was being prejudged. Okay. Not even knowing what yeah. I'm, you know, and I feel like that happens a lot. I think it happens a lot. With the, here's what, here's the only thing as my takeaway on a lot of stuff is. Uh, cause, cause you see the way people talk to you before stage, after stage. So I don't know if I've just gone, gone like deaf ear to it, but, uh, I, I kind of just don't, I don't pay attention to any, like, uh, whatever the promoter, mm-hmm. the venue, I don't really pay much attention to what they say cause they don't fucking know me. Right. So like whatever they tell me before I get on stage, a lot of times doesn't have anything to do with what happens on stage and after stage. It's right. Like, I'll, I'll I'll listen a little harder after I get off stage. Yeah. And then they have, you know, then they have something to say to me. But, a lot, but like what you said, like they don't know me. They don't they don't know what they don't know what I'm going to be. So like whatever their judgment is ahead of time or whatever they listen, whatever the only thing that works in this room. Well, listen, I'm going to do me. Right. And if it doesn't work, we can talk about it afterwards. But I'm pretty sure because I've been doing this and. I'm pretty sure what I'm doing is going to work. It's going to be is, okay. Yeah, right. Because this is what I do. Uh, right. And and I know that you only live in this town, and you're like, oh, the people in this town, they're closed-minded, and they don't want to hear about... That's bullshit. It's people are people. My, yeah. Right. And, yeah, I, and so. I get that a lot. And, yeah. And, and it's it's always weird, too, when it's more of the Caucasian room. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and they'll come at me and, like, 
all right, you know, this is what they don't want. And this, just let me do my job. I'm going to do man, mine. Because I want to be able to come back. Yeah. I don't want to mess this up. <laughs> right. So I don't need you to guide me because right. if I mess up, then that's money out my pocket. Yeah. You know, it's all, it's just, it's weird sometimes in this, in this day and age yeah. too with the way the world is going, man. Yeah. And I just, I guess I'm just really a uh, heavy thinker. When yeah. It's yeah. Those. Well, and it is, it now is a really rough and crazy time and not to ruin uh, the season, but the more episodes of House of Cards that I watch, yeah. the stranger it's becoming that some of the things that are going on are kind of mirrored in the show. And they, yep. and like you said, you said they held, they held the show. Because I don't know when the original release date was, but it feels like they rewrote the show. Yeah. Because it's Cause eerily like what's going absolutely. on right now. And that's um, why it takes, in my opinion, a while for the episodes to come because we got to figure out which way yeah, we're going to go. Yeah. So it's uh, and that's the world that we're in right now, man. This is a this is a crazy, crazy position that we've been put in as people it to is. try to figure out how to maneuver. And uh, I don't know, man. It it feels like the the most contentious period of time that we've had. Where like if you have the wrong opinion, this this shit could turn into a fist fight. Yeah. Because easy. of who's in charge, and yeah, it's easy. It's weird. And people, and this, and actually, this is another thing. I think people are more on edge right now. Absolutely. Like. Recently, and even today, dude, I was driving through the Panera Park. I was trying to get out of Panera Parking Lot, yeah. and uh, I, I was, uh, they were kids crossing the thing like like ducklings, but they were, I mean, they were, they were 500 feet in front of me. They were nowhere near me, so I'm, I'm slowing down. I'm going like zero to five miles an hour, going down, look, you know, slowing down. I think I'm, I might even be stopped. Maybe I'm rolling, but I, but I, you know, I, I look down or whatever, whatever, and I look up, and this woman's like, ma like walking slower now, and like looking directly at me, like mouthing words. And I rolled down my window, and I'm like, can I help you? And she just starts bitching and yelling about how I wasn't even looking up, and I was like, I, w I was nowhere near you. you right. I wasn't even like my, our paths were never going to cross. <laughs> and then even just and I was like trying to figure out like how this is even an argument. And then as I'm being like, I wasn't I, I didn't hit you like I wasn't anywhere near you or anywhere near your kids. And as that's happening, her husband runs full speed up to my window. And I was just like, what a weird period of time that we're at. Like how yeah. high strung is everybody now? Yeah, everybody on edge, man. That little parking lot, you know, intersection can turn into like what could be like. Like I, I like all that was going through my head is that I'm not a fighter, but all that was going through my head for a second was like I was like trying to think of like what weapons I had in the car yeah, in case this I, thing went down. Cause you, cause now you on edge. Right, right. I'm like if this, I was, I'm thinking about like oh this dude kicks my car now we got it now we get now we're now it's on. Yeah. It's and I don't remember a time in my life when it's been this tense. Very tense, man. So it's and tough. Everybody's on edge, and it, it it's sad because I'm such a people person, but um, as of lately, man, I I just. I pick and choose. Yeah. You know, because if I don't say nothing to you, I'm totally fine if you don't say nothing yeah. to me. And I like people. But the way the world is and the uneasiness yeah. of, of people and if their you perception take of you. You take one step in the, in the yeah. wrong conversation and then all of a sudden, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're everybody's like yelling and you're like, what just happened? Yeah. I thought what, 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 yeah. What yeah, happened? It's crazy. You know? Yeah. And it goes to this, this insane level. All right. Well, listen, we're, we're actually. <laughs> The only reason we're stopping is because we're like an hour from showtime. So oh, let's so let's right. uh, let's call it. and we we've been doing an episode about an hour. So it's, it's cool. good. It's a good good place to be. So uh, let's figure you out. Let's um, Quinn Patterson. I know uh, are you Quinn P Comedy. Yeah. On Quinn Twitter. P's, on Twitter. Follow this man. Funny dude. Thank see you. him in your city. You said you're in Cleveland a ton. When's the next time we can see you? you said. Uh, I'm in uh, Cleveland uh, June 14th. June 14th. Uh, Hilarious in Pickwick and Frolic. Um, 
Then after that, I'm in uh, Dayton, the Dayton Funny Bone. Very cool. So, Very cool. Yeah, I'm trying cool. to so stay busy. Cool, so check this man out. Keep it going. Uh, follow him. What else? Uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook. Uh, where do you want these people follow Instagram, you? Uh, Quinn Patterson. Uh, if you pull up Quinn Patterson, it'll bring up everything. Two N's. Yeah. Yes, two N's two and T's. two T's. Yes, sir. Follow this man, please. Uh, and uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. We're Same gonna we, here, have, we, have an, we have another show here. We're gonna rock it out. Uh, that we are gonna rock out. It's been it's been a pleasure working with you. Uh, pleasure here, talking to you. And uh, Comedy Best Kept Secret Tour, you found us. Uh, it was your first time listening. Subscribe. We'll keep trying to give you content as we can. We're on iTunes. We're on TuneIn. We're on Stitcher app. You can tell Alexa to pull us up if you got one of those. You can tell Google to pull up the latest episode. Thank you for listening. Uh, please uh, stay tuned with us. Appreciate you.